welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Bazira, Kit! Bria! And Vic! <laughs> That's how we all feel. That's how we all feel. Last week, the party completed their mission to secure the evacuation of the underground community on the northern island. They were perhaps not 100% successful, but they did an admirable job of holding off hordes of devils while dozens of civilians escaped. Eventually, however, the threat posed by an Aranyes and an approaching ice devil caused the party to evacuate themselves, destroying the travel gate between the islands as they fled. Were their efforts sufficient? Was destroying the gate enough to keep Semyaza and her devils off the Enclave's doorstep, at least for a while? And now that the evacuation is complete, how will the residents of the Eastern Island react to all of this upheaval? Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hi. We're recording at a sort of weird time for us, I guess. Saturday evening. That's unique for us, right? Is it Saturday? Right? I don't know where or when I am. Which day are this now? Which day are? Also. This is also my. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you could. You could make, if you used smaller words, it would be a little bit easier for you to not fumble over your words as you're going through the intro. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't fumble over my words uh-huh. as far as the listeners are concerned. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> you just outed me. I was going to say, uh, my brain is super melting out of my ears because this mm-hmm. is my third D&D game in 24 hours. Oh, jeez. And uh, quarantine will only just my do second that to you in general. Like, there is that. When... when Everyone was saying that that's how Flick, that's how we all felt. I was like, mine is more like, <laughs> like whale sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a good j- sound too. And that you have to like picture everything just melting. It's, um, what's that artist that does Dolly, um, everything? Yeah, is, Dolly. yeah Dolly that's how it, like my whole life feels right now. It's just everything is melting. At everything all yeah. is melting. Yeah. Everything yeah. is melting. That is a, that's a, that's a, that's a scene change music cue in, in the Heights. Cue music. Oh, really? Oh, (laughs) yeah, and I just start playing in the heights, and then Lynn sues us. Uh, (laughs) Lynn wouldn't do that to us, probably not. But we might have to invite him on the show just to pay him back. Oh, what a bummer that would be! (laughs) Yeah, I think how do we think we can get him to listen to the podcast? Though that's the real question. We, I mean, nowadays maybe we put his material into the podcast, and he has to listen to find out whether or not he wants to sue us. (laughs) He wants to litigate. (laughs) And I mean, that's how we get him to listen. This is your invitation. Come play I mean, with well, us. Didn't plays. put like a Moana song in her ep- in oh, her that's episode. True. Oh, yeah, I Speaking did. of that's friends, that's true. Uh oh, speaking of Moana. Oh, oh, our little loves bird friend Moana. Well, okay. she's got good taste. Uh, or Mo Mama, as she says. Yeah, uh, Mo Mama. So she calls Maui Malcolm. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, that's harder to say. I'm kind of into it. Because that's how she says you're welcome. So she says Malcolm, Malcolm, oh. and that's oh. her way of. She's just starting to like sing little songs. So she'll go Malcolm. Oh. She'll just go around the house, Malcolm, and that's how she asks to watch that movie. Is she'll say Malcolm, Malcolm. <laughs> oh. Wait, have you exposed her to My Frozen heart. yet, Crowfro? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she. Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer, did you just refer to Frozen? You don't, don't act like you haven't heard me say Frofro before. He's allowed to call it that because he was like a part of it, you know? That's ding, true. Ding. That's true. That's true. All right, go on, go on. Um, yes. So she saw, uh, she's seen the movie and she loves the little girls at the beginning. Like she loves seeing okay, Elsa and Anna sure. as yeah. babies. Um, what we do in the mornings right now is we do like a Disney dance party in the morning so we play disney music and when let it go comes on she knows how to do the magic which essentially is like you put your arm out in front of you and you go that's good so she runs around the house doing the magic um and then we watched frozen 2 and she basically danced to the whole thing loved it good. i cried a lot yeah. it's a lot about a mama's I love i cried too oh my yeah. gosh and then um right before like the week before disney closed down we she got to see frozen i remember um, you telling me that's mm-hmm. that's exciting live at the hyperion theater um it's technically <laughs> just frozen live at the hyperion so the theater part like it's not part of the title so <laughs> <laughs> uh, really good. Uh, what was I going to say? About, oh, I know what I was going to say. Something that I think you need to hear, Bria. Mm. You're winning at parenting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Everything about what you just described between your daughter singing Disney songs to morning Disney dance parties 
you're doing it right. That's it. That's it. Agreed. I have been drinking coffee during it too, so I'm a regular (laughs) coffee drinker now. Um, Woo! I understand now. I get it. I used to like roll my eyes when people were like, I need my coffee. But now I'm like, I need my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome can to the I, club. Can I, I honestly say, never thought it would happen. I know. I'm, yeah. I feel very left out now because I'm now the only person that doesn't drink coffee on this. But yeah. not because Join I never drank coffee, but because I'm recovering coffee addict. Correct. Correct. So. You've come out the other side. I came out the other side. Where none of the rest of us have yet made it. <laughs> now I drink buckets of tea. Oh, I had a caffeine addiction when I was 16 because of coffee, so we're well past that. Caffeine has no effect on me anymore. Yeah, that's the other, that's the alternative other side. I was thankfully Welcome never to this week's that bad. episode of but The Last Refuge Talks. This has nothing to do with D&D. We are <laughs> how it? many minutes in and we're we just are eight, talking we're about- We're almost nine minutes in, yes, but we didn't actually record. start until like we, two we minutes, so this is a, a good one. time ago. I wonder if there's coffee in the Forgotten Realms or in TLR. It's called Hot Bean- water but oh yes. yeah i feel like we talked about that <laughs> bean juice speaking of wherever the hell we are hey should we tell a story sure i Yay! thought we were telling a great story just we're telling, right. lots we're of telling stories a lot of really good stories you're right i do kind of want to do a tlr talks but we'll talk about that later so uh last we saw you all you were fleeing through the travel gate uh, with civilians in front of you, Talanis behind you all. Talanis pulled out a scroll and cast something in the last instant before he leapt through the travel gate, which exploded for all intents and purposes behind him. Can I ask him. a question? You can. I'm doing this for Bizdira. Um, <laughs> when he read from the scroll, the scroll like mm. disappeared, right? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure because yes. I knew otherwise she was going to pin him to the ground and she was going to steal that. While Flick stole his bow, <laughs> she's gonna be a mess. Oh, no, I, thank you. Wasn't he no. on fire? I feel like what? he was. I, I I don't know why, but all I kept thinking about was Talanus is on fire. Make sure to put him out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was on fire. I don't remember that, but he's probably well singed. Okay. Maybe he's got a little. You know, you just sort of pat him on the shoulder, and yeah. he's like thinking that you're congratulating him, but really no, you're no, putting out a little errant out, flame. Yes. Yeah, we're putting I out whatever. Like his whole back was burned yeah like not no, now fire, that you're saying that i do burned. remember that yeah he got yeah. like singed all along his back yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally i do remember saying that. is he missing the okay. back part of his hair no but the back of his hair is just shorter okay. and <laughs> tragic smells. that's tragic wow you would think that we recorded that episode weeks ago the way i didn't remember any of that it was it was seven days it's ago. because we have not in this re-listened. time that's a month that's it true is, we haven't re-listened it is that's been, true because we're several weeks behind in release it's been a thing this week has been weird <laughs> this week has been the longest year of my life. Yes. Alright, um, you are you, that was the last that we saw you all. We're gonna do a, a tiny little, just a few minutes of a jump. And so where we find you all now uh, is in a, a chamber here in the Enclave Stronghold. Do you want to roll something? No, I well, so I was holding I was holding a die and I put it up to my nose and I was like, oh, I'm a reindeer. And then I switched it to a red die. A red one. So you all find yourself in a one of the chambers here in the Enclave Stronghold. Uh, It's a pretty plain chamber, but in the center of it is a fairly large stone circular table with chairs evenly spaced around it. Uh, And we we sort of cut to you all there sitting. Well, you can decide how you arrange yourselves, but all sort of sitting in these chairs chairs. Uh, I'm next to Bria. You are, you are there awaiting uh, a debrief of what happened. Uh, presumably some higher-ups in some portion of the Enclave are going to come and talk to you all. Uh, but at the moment, you've just, Talanis was, was tended to, and then you all were sent here to wait. Is there anything while you all are waiting that we should address? Yes, Kit. I'd like to ask a, qu- a question for Bria. Mm-hmm. Is there an easel in this room? <laughs> okay, so yes, we were going to have this conversation. This is what I was so excited about. Um, I'm already flipping oh my boy. chair around like a lawyer. <laughs> Everybody knows that's how lawyers sit. Um, I'm already starting to work on some drawings to prove um, why we are not at fault for any of these things. So you guys tell me your ideas. I'll start drawing. Um, and I think that Biz can probably build us a little makeshift easel right now. She's got some With skills. With what? I'll we- break a chair. <laughs> Like, you just walk into the room and go crack. (laughs) Crash. I have also been playing enough Animal Crossing that I'm like, she needs like four pieces of wood. Like, I don't understand. Right, it's fine. She just needs to craft it. I don't know. Right, like hit a rock a few times, it'll be yeah, fine. It's gonna be fine. With your hit, hit a rock, rock with your shovel, it's start fine. Start a fire with a shovel, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's not how it works. As you well know. All right, mm-hmm. so yes, fine. You can you can shatter a chair, craft an easel, <laughs> blessings. Um, oh, a flick's like, wait, I wasn't everywhere. serious. Destruction. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> Ooh, we're in a Someone's mood today. Someone's like, that was my grandmother's chair. <laughs> I, I, <know. laughs> I look at it and it has, like, in memory. It has of... names on it, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, gods. All right, so once you all, is, is there anything we actually want to talk, anything else, dare I ask? Or are we just um, we're writing well, ideas? Well, I'm going to play, this doesn't count as a short rest, but I'm technically, I'm technically going to count this as, like, a song of rest. I'll play everyone a nice song while we just sit and we wait. Okay. All right, great. So after a few minutes, after the easel is constructed and ideas have been written down and a whole presentation has been planned, I have no doubt, um, you Who's hear... Who's wearing Frosty's uh, hat? Me? Y- uh, I, I, I think know. you, right? Okay. Got it. Okay. You hear uh, you hear people coming and Talana's sort of uh, gestures to you all to, like, resume your seats. Um, and the door opens. Somebody doesn't get to sit because somebody destroyed a chair. <laughs> Bazir will stand in the background just kind of whistling and going... <laughs> There are definitely extra chairs. Like, you could definitely... No, but you, no extra but chairs. But you don't, yes. which I think is great. I think that's good. That's fantastic. <laughs> Talanis is confused and tries, like, points at an empty chair a few times, and then it's like, Ugh, whatever. And Flick is like, no, um, she doesn't get to sit down. So in in walk, uh, as the door opens, in walk three individuals. In the front uh, is the dwarf uh, that you all, that helped to rescue Talanis from the Aaron Yes's uh, rope, uh, and who sort of came at the end of the evacuation. Uh, he seems to have also gotten himself cleaned up a little bit. There is also a uh, another warforged that comes in, uh, and behind the two of them is a... Uh, medium height, slender, dark skinned, elvish woman. And she comes in, and the three of them go and take, uh, stand behind three chairs, uh, sort of eh, opposite ish, you all, it's circular table, so whatever, but opposite ish where you all are uh, seated. And before any of them sit down, you see the woman, uh, the elf woman, uh, pull something, uh, pull a tiny little crystal orb, like, easily fits in her palm uh, and she sort of makes a little pass uh, and her eyes flash a sort of purple color and she looks around the room and then she does another different pass and murmurs a few words and her eyes flash pure white and she looks around and she starts as she glances over at you Bria and she points at you and sort of puts her finger up to her mouth and gestures for you to hand her your bag. I mean she what's she gonna take my bear trap? No it's gone. Um... <laughs> Speaking of bear traps, I do want to spend some of my downtime making no, bear traps. N- there is no downtime right now. We will make bear traps later. Well, We're in we a have meeting. Bear- when She's we just have- saying in the future. <laughs> We're in a meeting. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. True. I'm- I'm circle back to that. <laughs> circle back. Uh, I am going to hand her my bag. Uh, so she will very gently take the bag, and she is going to uh, grab that crystal in one hand. You've all got. How well, do you I know, think you carried just, a bear? I only. Well, first of all, the bear trap was in the bag of holding. I just picture Flick being the only one with a bag. Like he has all of our bags <laughs> with him. <laughs> Honestly, that could be a thing. <laughs> that is not my understanding, but if you want that to be a thing in the future, that's fine. At the moment, however, you pass her, her bag, your bag, uh, she grabs the crystal one more time, and she she sort of like, re- it's very Indiana Jones, right? She's like, she's getting ready, right? And she very gingerly opens the top of your bag, thrusts her hand into the bag, casts a spell, and pulls her hand out, uh, and is holding on to something, it looks like, but there's nothing in her hand. She then reaches down to her waist and pulls out this long pure silver athame, which is a knife, with a black handle, and she plunges it into whatever is in her hand and twists it. And as she twists it, you all see an imp, a dead imp, appear in her hand. That's badass. scream at the top of my... I shriek. Bizdira's gonna give an applause. Flick's jaws on the floor. (laughs) Yeah, same. Bizdira's just in the background... I love it. And Bria. Fantastic. Fantastic I'm just screaming. Show. Like like um like SpongeBob screams when he screams and doesn't stop screaming. That. <laughs> that. Um yeah. Uh so she drops the uh she drops the dead imp on the table, puts wipes the athame of its icker, and almost immediately it starts to like bubble and, and disappear, right? The imp. Uh 
wipes off the Athame's blade, puts it back in her belt, puts the little orb back in her pouch, and gestures to the dwarf and the warforge to be seated. And as she is seated, Talanis sort of leans over so that the four of you can hear him, and she and he says, um, that's Octavia. She is the leader and, um, and founder of the Enclave. Uh, the dwarf is Ox, the uh, representative and leader of the, well, now defunct Northern Island Enclave, and the Warforged is Books. Um, they are the uh, leader of here, the Eastern Enclave. You can see that you're all writing. I appreciate it, so I'm going to let you write that down before I go on. Books. <laughs> so Talanis, as the three of them are being seated, sort of whispers who each of them is to you all, and... Um, once they're seated, Octavia looks uh, looks at you first, Bria, but then sort of encompasses all of you uh, with with her with her stare. It's not a glare; it's just a you know an intense look. Uh, and she she says, um, "Well, I don't mean to start off on a negative note, but you would do well to be more careful in the future. Spies and magic are everywhere." Who? Huh? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she's very sim- very matter of factly says it was an imp likely sent from the tieflings on the northern island it was almost certainly shape changed and invisible and uh, took advantage of a moment of distraction while you were assisting with the evacuation to slip into your pack so that it com- could come here and eventually report back to its master thanks I- for killing it she I assume says, we're uh, safe though now yeah she says I sent no other creatures here uh, of course I will have the entire uh, the entire stronghold swept, but I imagine there wasn't more than the one. I'm gonna get a little more wherewithal. I'm calming down a little bit. Sure. It was um, very startling. And then I am gonna take a deep breath and I'm gonna say, how can we help you? She uh, she quirks the tiniest of like half smiles uh, and says, I appreciate getting right down to business. How can you help me? Well, that is the question, isn't it? You see, the issue now is that you all have done an admirable service to both my people and all of the peoples who live here in the world below on the northern island. Well, not here, because we're on the eastern island. She says it more eloquently than that. (laughs) Her charisma is higher than that. Um, (laughs) uh, But she says... um, This was a wonderful service, and you have my thanks, and the thanks of many. Unfortunately, it also means that there is no hope of our activities, and she sort of gestures to clearly indicate, like, our the enclaves. Our activities will remain unknown to the rest of the population, to the rest of them. Okay, so you call them them too. Uh, She says, well, yes, is there... Another term that you use? No, I'm just curious what you guys... I just want to make sure we're all talking about the same people when we're talking. You're so killing it, Bri. I love it. Thanks so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Yeah, quarantine Ooh. brain is, like, awesome for this. It feels great. It feels great. <laughs> I'm like, thank God it's you and not me. <laughs> <clears throat> um, ultimately, what this means is that we must make a plan. I imagine that it won't be long before they come looking for us, and... Well, to be honest, I don't know what to expect when they find us. They may incarcerate us, they may banish us, they may try to kill us, though I sincerely doubt that. Whatever they decide to do, they will be angry. Their entire existence revolves around the principle of non-intervention, of hiding, of remaining here, and caring not a whit for what occurs on the surface. I don't have my friend's permission to say this. <laughs> your friend's like the ones in the room, or your friend's like someone else? The ones in the room. Okay. Um. Do you say that out loud? No, of course not. Well, wait, I can uh, I... Okay, wait, hold up. Character moment. Um, I have... <laughs> one of my new cantrips is message. So can I see her kind of struggling? Like, can I see Bria, like, want to say something and kind of, like, look around at us? I mean, how good are you at hiding that, Bria? Or are you even trying? I think I probably furrow my brow a little bit when she's saying that. Mm, right. So it's not hugely noticeable? Flick, why don't you make a wisdom insight check, then? It's a 19. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You get the idea that there's something that Bria is sort of has in her brain. So, oh, I have to point my finger. <laughs> you do. It um, be under the table. And whisper. <laughs> this is bullshit. Okay. Um, the target and uh, here's the message and can reply in a whisper that only you can hear. Okay. 
well, finicky, but I think I'm going to point under the table and say, um, you have my full support, say what you want to say. So as you do that and, and cast the spell, Octavia sort of goes, there's no need for magic here. You all mm-hmm. should feel free to say what you need to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you notice that her eyes are still very much uh, glowing, though they've chilled out from that like creepy pure white. Mm-hmm. Her eyes are very much still glowing. I'm going to say, sorry, I just needed a little extra support. You make me nervous because you're so beautiful. Um, and that's all in all sincerity. She is like amazing to me. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, if that's their whole point, then why have they made a couple of attempts to contact us or interfere with uh, situations that we have been a part of? And then I'm gonna look over at Flick, like, is that okay that I said that? I'll know, I'll give her a nod. It's okay. okay. Thanks. thanks. She mom. looks thoughtful and, and she thanks mom. She looks thoughtful and she says, uh, the times that I can think of that they chose to interfere with with the four of you, they were in fact trying to stop us from interfering with you or from helping you. What particular instances were you thinking of? Am I unaware of some of their activities? Um the first one that comes to mind is the when they talked to us to take Zagara away from us. Yes. That's everyone? what I I was thinking, but because for I th- us this wasn't now, very on, far long ago for us, but for us, it's a long which time. Which do you mean? Do you when mean they when they took Zagara Chuckles. from us? Chuckles took Zagara from us. Ah, uh, yes. And then they kidnapped Zagara from. So do we had right. like a. Co- I think we had a conversation with Chuckles about the whole thing. Yeah. Do you and remember flick- what Chuckles told you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she says, uh, "Ah, yes, the uh, the moss lurker. He was a known um, a known vassal of ours. Uh, he was." I hate to be so gauche about it, but he was a tool of ours, and they knew that we were going to use him to attempt to contact the four of you, Mm. and so they decided to take him out of play. I cannot speak to what they may have told you, but as far as I am understanding, that was the plan. Does anyone else remember any other specific situations? I feel like there have been some, but... Only Zagara for me. Just the beginnings, like when he was first in the tunnels and we found like that Yeah, the, and we found the secret entrance. Yeah. That was the beginning of quite a bit of trouble. She sort of chuckles. Go ahead, Kit. Oh no, I think that we're all talking about the same thing and I was just trying to remember when he gave us the advantage when the orcs were coming. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she says, she actually looks surprised when you particularly mention that and she says, I was unaware uh, of that particular intervention. It does not entirely surprise me, though. No society is perfect, and no society in no society does everyone adhere to the ideals of that society all of the time. Uh, but overall, they are isolationist, non-interventionist. I'm very, very glad that you told me about that particular instance, though, because it does give me hope. It has been difficult for me to believe that there would ever be common ground between us. So... Uh, dedicated to hiding their heads in the sand as they were, but perhaps if even one has doubts, feels the need to perhaps intervene in small ways, well, it's almost certainly not just one then, is it? Well, I'll nod along. Yeah, I was going to say, Flick will absolutely nod at that. It has been very difficult for us to get a, a true sense of where the rest of the populations here in the world below stand with this thing. All members of the Enclave continue... Most members of the Enclave continue their lives uh, among the general populace and in order to protect their identities and their secrets rarely bring up any thoughts or ideas of opposition to the societal norm, you see. So it is, it is difficult for us to feel that out because attempting to instigate those conversations runs the risk of exposing us. That makes sense. Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a few mid-show announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying the episode so far, it would be idoneous if you could pop on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get our podcasts from and leave us a rating and a review. We'll always read five-star reviews on air as soon as we're able, and the more of them we get, the more visible the show becomes, and the more people we get to listen. It doesn't have to take more than just a few seconds, and it really does help us out a ton. We also want to remind everyone that we have our 
Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge to get access to all kinds of cool patron perks like early access to certain episodes, character sheets for the PCs, and much more. In addition, by supporting our Patreon, you're also going to be supporting multiple other content creators across the Patreon sphere via our Patreon at Forward program. More information on that program and a list of the creators that we're patronizing are available on our Patreon page. Right now, I want to take a minute to recognize some of our awesome patrons and thank them so much for their continued support right now. Thank you so much to our honorary party members, Tanya, Sir Mox the Magnificent, Matthew Allen, and Shimmy Gangot, and to our Shimmer Scale tribe leaders, Eugenio, Eliahu of Merck Grove, Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge, and Misty. If you want to get shoutouts on the show and much, much more, hop on over to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge and become a patron today. We want to thank BattleBards for providing some of the fantastic music that you hear on our show. You can check out their awesome library at BattleBards.com. We also use Scott Buckley's amazing scores, which you can check out at his website, scottbuckley.com.au. If you ever get adventures, character options, new monsters, or anything at all from the DMs Guild or from any of the drive through family of websites, be sure to listen to our affiliate links found on our website or in the episode notes when you shop there so that TLR gets a portion of your purchase. It's like Amazon Smile, but make it D&D. That was weird. Sorry. We also, of course, want to thank D&D Beyond for their support of our podcast and for being generally amazing in every way possible. If you aren't already a D&D Beyond fan and user, go check out their services at dndbeyond.com. You won't regret it. We would like to thank everyone who came out to watch one or both of our games last weekend for the Long Island Tabletop Expo's Virtual Con. We had such a good time. First, on Friday, playing with the folks from the Taking Initiative podcast. You should definitely go check out their podcast feed if you're looking for more awesome D&D content. And then an equally awesome and great time on Saturday premiering the Adventure Babies. Five and six-year-old versions of our beloved characters, Bria, Kit, Flick, and Bizdira, and of course story consultant Robert's character Ella. If you missed any of that, you can definitely still catch the VODs at twitch.tv slash litabletop. Finally, a quick teaser for the next couple of months of TLR episodes, I think. As you'll see at the end of this episode, things are going to get a little hairy for our adventurers. They're going to find themselves in a situation where they have to gasp, split the party. So anyway, sort of like we did back in Season 1 with the character Minisodes, we're going to have a series of solo adventures for each of our characters this season. Now, the two big and important differences are that, one, these won't have been written by the players by themselves, like last time, and two, they won't be Minisodes. So far, it's actually looking like each character is going to get two sets of two-episode arcs. So get ready for lots of alone time with Kit, Bria, Bizdira, and Flick. Even more exciting, though, is that we've got eight phenomenal guests lined up to play major NPCs in these episodes, so you can look forward to a whole slew of brilliant role players in your ear holes for the next couple of months. We're going to have our first one of these episodes starting next week, when Bizdira heads out into the city and meets up with a character played by the incomparable Nick Figueroa from the Taking Initiative podcast, which we were just talking about. After that, our roster of superstar guests will continue with amazing folks like Celeste Conowich from The Venture Maidens, and T. K. Johnson from Tales from the Mists, just to name a few. We are super excited about this new format that we're going to have going, at least for a little while, and we hope that you all get excited too. All right, I think that's all the announcements we've got for you at this point. Thanks for listening. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home, and happy gaming, y'all. So, what's your goal here? (laughs) She says, well, that's actually part of what we wanted to speak with you about. Uh, Our immediate situation is that a large part of the society here in the world below is going to be angry with us and they will undoubtedly try to stop us from continuing our interference in affairs on the surface the best case scenario that I can think of is that they banish all of us and all of you from the world below, we lose access to our resources but at least we have our freedom and are able to continue the fight above ground They may, as I said before, attempt to be a bit more, uh, a bit less forgiving. They may incarcerate us, they may execute us, though I find that unlikely. Um, So what we need to do is plan for that. What needs to happen next, and how do we do it while trying to avoid punishment by the rest of society, if possible? Our thought is, of course, 
much in line with yours. We have been updated by Mox and by the Conjurer and by all of your other contacts. And it is our understanding that it is your goal to prevent future Arcania nodes from being activated, perhaps to deactivate the node on the Northern Island, though at this point, seeing a small fraction of the forces that the Tieflings uh, command there, I find that to be a very difficult proposition, uh, and to do all that we can to save this world from a return of the beast. That is accurate. That is our main goal. I suppose now is a good time to offer to answer questions for you, at least to the best of my ability. You all have been very patient, and I must apologize uh, on behalf of the various agents that you have spoken to in the past that they were required to keep many things close to their chests. But now we are in a situation where perhaps secrecy is less important. So, have you any questions? We should have some time before the before they are able to find us. Uh, is there anything I can answer for you? Tell you now. Uh, Flick will. I, I, my mind is going absolutely a million miles an hour. Me personally, <laughs> um, but Flick will ask, um, or he will say, as you may know. Uh, the Western Island, as you call it, we it, we refer to it as the Last Refuge, is our home, and uh, we have a lot of many loved ones there. And uh, the battle we heard went our way. Uh, do you have any updates on that? And I just have a other few questions on that. She says, uh, "Yes, in fact, it is my home as well." I lead the Enclave from the world below on the Western... Uh, the Last Refuge, as you call it. An interesting name, considering it was actually the first place that the Enclave was established. But uh, I understand where the name came from for you. At any rate, uh, it is also my home. The battle was difficult, but you prepared your friends and your loved ones very well. They acquitted themselves well in battle, and it wasn't until the very end that the tiefling who led the assault on the island pulled a rather impressive trick out of her sleeve and managed to infiltrate deeply into the island's territory. It was then, and this is yet another reason that perhaps secrecy is no longer on the table, that I decided to intervene personally. It was a difficult decision, and perhaps not the best one. The amount of power that I was forced to expend to ensure the battle went our way uh, was difficult to control, and I fear that it will be some time before I am able to command such power again. But it served its purpose, and the Western Island is secure for now. That's all uh, very good news. Uh, this may seem like a random question to you, but I'm wondering how... Um, a DM's the... favorite thing to hear. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm wondering how the Tieflings got so many reinforcements um, in this world. Does this happen to have anything to do with a certain fiendish-looking well, perchance? <laughs> She uh, looks sort of confused and says, no, I, I don't think they traveled via well. They came by ship, as far as I could tell. Okay, that's a good that's, I just wanted to know. I just didn't... I, I'm going to flip through my book of drawings that I've been keeping with me and show her the oh, picture no. of the well and just say, oh. uh, since you're, this is your home too, do you recognize this well? Uh, she says, if that's from the surface of the Western Island, I have not been to the surface in some time with the exception of visiting the Arcanium when I uh, was forced to turn the tide of the battle. So no, that does not look familiar to me. I apologize. Okay. Is it an important landmark on the surface? Definitely. <laughs> Important to us in uh, some ways, but I think I'm a little bit worried that it will be next yeah. to that well. <laughs> Not necessarily, no. <laughs> Anyone else have any questions? I feel like my brain shut off today, so like I am just lost in everything. Like I, I was like, I don't wait. What happened? Suddenly, there's a dead imp, and then she's gonna answer all of our questions, and I have no idea what to ask. That's like, very on brand. That's where my brain is right now. It's very, it's very, very on, on brand. brand. It's not. It's not combat. So no, it's it's very <laughs> on brand for me. Um, so basically, what's From going the on now? Yes. <laughs> From the back You're of right. the room. Oh, oh, there's another one of you there. Um, Even with my true sight, I couldn't see you. No, it's not true. <laughs> so basically, to clarify what we're doing, 
Right. So mm. we have we have disconnected, like we've let the North Island become overrun because that's what's happening. Now the Western Island is secure. The Eastern Island is currently getting the node deactivated by our sister, which I don't necessarily say our sister, but I say <laughs> we've already learned that lesson once before. Yes, the being, we fought a lich, we made a friend, and it's getting deactivated. And we run the risk of issues with the rest of the Enclave because they don't like the idea of us of you guys being known about throughout the different islands, which is unfortunately... Yeah, just to... Yes. Sorry, real quick, just to clarify, because I know I have not been the most clear with like the way I refer to things. The Enclave is the like group of secret interventionist rebels. Okay. The rest of society that's going to be upset so far has only been referred to as, as them, they, whatever. Right? Okay. They don't seem to have a, a title other than like the people of the world below. Right, so the Enclave is on our side. Yes, correct. The rest of them are not. And Chuck is part of them. Of them, yes. Okay. Not the Enclave. Not the Enclave. Correct. Great. The faction of the Enclave that's on the Southern Island, they're considered pretty, um, uh, for lack of a better term, standoffish and kind of I- uh, isolated down there. Yeah, they stick to themselves down there. You will notice that like, you have the leaders of three islands here with you. Yeah, and uh, the Southern Island is not represented. She hasn't mentioned, Octavia hasn't mentioned them, but... Yes, that's the impression that you've gotten the few times that you've asked about it. So, okay. I was going to move the conversation along, so if you have more questions or whatever, then go I, for it. It's, it's more my brain figuring out what exactly is going on. So at this point, we're trying to figure out what to do or how to stop the rest of this underworld people to not interfere with us or and or lock us up. Yeah, so it's sort of two-pronged, right? The immediate problem is... How do we deal with the rest of the world below's population? Because they're almost certainly going to be a problem. And then the larger scale question is, and what does our answer to question A mean for how we're dealing with the beast and the nodes and everything else? Exactly. And I actually think that that is kind of where I was going to go with it, which is essentially... Mm -hmm. We're on the same wavelength I'm loving. Yeah, like what it... You guys have had, you know, we've been... Uh, in all these battles, and we're just trying to do surface stuff. You guys have had a lot more time to think about this. What would your suggested responses be for us, and how can we do this as quickly as possible for you, for the islands, for, like, you know, between the islands and all of that? I'll say, like, we have a ship, but, like, it's it's back, you know, wherever, and it took us a long time. Since she seems like a very powerful magic user, I'm going to point to the, like, thing that the hag, the sea hag or whatever left on my neck or wherever it was and be like, can you get oh. that off of me? <laughs> Her eyes go wide and she says, I'm not sure that I have the power to remove that from you right now, but uh, would you, could you come closer so I can uh, see it because it's an audio medium and the audience yes, cannot see me yes. gesturing. And I'll be like, I'll be like yes, but can you keep the knife away this time. <laughs> she, she she laughs. She lets out an actual laugh that time and she says, yes, I don't think flensing it from your flesh is going to be the answer. Okay. <laughs> um, so she uh, examines it and she actually lays, if you, if you will allow her, she lays a hand on it uh, and pulls that orb out and begins to uh, cast once again. And it takes her about a minute to cast this spell. Um, and her eyes go wide again and she lets her hand drop and she says, um, as soon as I am able... I will remove that from you. Thank you. And her face is like just very neutral, very blank. What is it? She says, um, it is an interesting application of a sort of magical brand uh, to mark you. Uh, it, uh, it doesn't really ultimately matter because I'm going to get rid of it for you as soon as I can. Okay. So um, to clarify, I don't want to go back on a boat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She says that shouldn't be a problem. My uh, inclination is that they will not be able to resist the fact that three of the Enclave leaders are here on this island at this time. So my guess is that any proceedings will occur here and travel between the islands will be not necessary. Okay, so what do do you plan on? Right, so she says, the one thing that we can almost certainly count on is that whatever they want to do with us, they won't do it without the consent of the entirety of the community. It is how things work here. Uh, Everyone who is of age has a vote in major decisions and actions done by the community, 
everyone. And, and they take pride in being a society that takes care of the society first and individuals last. That's not what I mean. The society first and yourself last. That actually is worse. I don't know how to describe this without it sounding terrible, but you know what I mean. Unanimity. <laughs> what is that word? Unanim- not, unanim- you, not necessarily unanimity, though that was the ideal when the world below became the society millennia ago when we retreated from the surface. Uh, over the years, though, it became clear that true unanimity and single-mindedness among a society of real people would be impossible. So majority still rules, but everyone is involved. So a socialist democracy, maybe? (laughs) Uh, It's actually closer to like a real no shit direct democracy, if I'm honest. Obviously not exactly, because I'm not really sure that in a population of more than like 15, a direct democracy would ever actually work. But like, that's actually closer to what it is. So no electoral college then is what you're saying? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. (laughs) And they're doing fine without it, I have to Hmm. tell you. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, uh, so that being the case, there is, there will be time. They will serve whatever punishment they see fit upon us, and while we await uh, the decision of the community, hopefully we will not all be incarcerated and we will have a chance to uh, plead our case, in a way, to the people of this island. Uh, It will be incumbent upon us to do two things. Uh, One, explain to them that we are not monsters and not deserving of whatever punishment they deem necessary for us. But more importantly, I think, now is the time to convince the people that this this decision to be non-interventionists, to be hidden down here, alone, unconcerned with what happens above us, is not serving us any longer. It has worked for millennia, but events are moving in such a way that we will not be able to hide from this forever, and doing so will only make it more difficult when the trouble comes to us. That is what we must begin to have people see and understand. Now, (laughs) how we do that, uh, well, that is the question, isn't it? I have a question. Yes, please, Dita. Do we have time for all of this stuff? Like, we have tieflings going to different islands trying to get nodes activated, and while two of them are in good places, there's still already one that's activated that we can't get to, and there's already tieflings on the southern island. Like, it's a little bit more important to not try to like to try to stop the beast from rising rather than dealing with this crap and like i get that it's important but i just don't i just don't see how we have the time to do both if that makes sense um she says that is not uh not entirely unreasonable and if that is the choice you choose to make uh then we will not stop you uh, you have uh, a, a duty and a mission to complete, and it is in no way my or any of my people's goal to hinder you in this. The only thing I can say is that if you choose uh, to flee the world below now and continue to pursue your aims on the surface, you we run the risk of being... Uh, those of us down here below run the risk of being unable to assist you further. Um, And so, particularly if they choose to incarcerate or execute us, uh, we would no longer be able to provide our resources to assist you in your mission. Now, if it's a matter of time versus power, that is entirely up to you. And if you choose uh, that time is the more important, I I will understand. I will not hold it against you, and I will continue to support you for as long as I am able. Uh, The only thing is, we don't know how long that will be. Right. I I understand all that, and I get it, and I appreciate it. It's more of my argument against them of, like, what are you doing? Like, I get that they think that they're, by being underground and being, Mm, mm. like, not interfering with anything, that they're saved from it. But it's like, if the beast exists and it does come back, we don't know what it is. We don't know what it's going to do. We don't know what could possibly happen. So why are you hindering or potentially doing this, like, stopping us from 
stopping that from happening. You are you are making every argument that I have made to myself in my head to them for uh, years now. You are absolutely correct, Bizdira, and it does you credit that you say it so clearly and plainly. The only answer that I have is that the people here are slaves to tradition and perhaps more to the point to fear. So I what brought this society below in the first place? Is there what is this fear based in and is there mm-hmm. anything that we could take from that and use to make an argument uh, to Bizdira's point and to the point I think that all of us are working towards. She uh, smiles somewhat sadly and she says, I have been around for many years but even I don't remember the flight below. It happened over a millennia ago when the people of the surface felt that there was no hope to keep the beast from returning on regular intervals and destroying all of civilization. The Arcania had failed. Everything that they had built had been for naught and the beast had returned. The only solution that was possible was one that was uh, that was created and thought up by some of the Arcanists at the various Arcania, which was to prepare a living space underneath the ground where society and civilization could flee in the hopes that they would there be protected and hidden from future beast awakenings. It was their experience at the time that the beast ravaged the surface, uh, but as far as they could tell, it didn't dig through to the core of the earth, of the land, of the continent, of the planet. I don't know what word they use. And so they fled. They packed up as much as they could of their knowledge and their research and their learning, and they fled. They created lives for themselves here below. At first, they were makeshift lives, and it was a difficult time. People, a people who are used to living free in the open air, seeing the sun every day, suddenly living below ground with no fresh air, no sunlight, no fertile ground to grow their crops upon. But they truly believed it was the only way to keep civilization from being reset at regular intervals and so here they fled and here they have stayed ever since. Part of the trouble is exactly what you point out, Bizdira, is that we don't know. It has been so long. I am one of the oldest still remaining. There are a few elves who who perhaps live uh, who perhaps have lived longer than I, but I can maybe think of one or two who perhaps remember, truly remember and were there for the for the flight. We don't know what the beast is. We don't know what causes it to come. We don't know what it wants. And so it is easy to rely on the traditions that we have built that we perceive as having kept us safe for all this time. But these are unprecedented times. And our traditions, I believe, are no longer enough. This is making me think of um, one of the M. Night uh, Shyamalan Ding Dong's movies. God, the village. Um, yeah, the village. Like very much of like we're like in the middle of a fucking park, pretending to be like living in fucking seventeen eighteen hundreds. Meanwhile, real life is happening, and there's plane trains. And Spoiler automobiles. alert for anyone who Spoiler hasn't alert. Seen the if you haven't seen that, that movie, it's been out. It's been out for over a decade. Yeah, I think I we think have we've younger listeners that are younger than that. There movie. is a book yes. I forget what it's called, so this isn't going to help anyone. But there's a book that was written before that movie came out that's pretty much the same plot, and it's way better. So anyway, I have more. no doubt. I was gonna I was gonna say it reminds me of the argument we got from the Cobalts when we first came to their mm-hmm. right yeah. island. Yeah. It does, uh, it does. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like because of the fact that we were able to. Hamill said manipulate. We were able to discuss and (laughs) open the eyes of the cobalt. Please take the key away from that girl. And become. (laughs) Shut up. And become uh, a. I just realized what you meant. (laughs) Become um, like the leaders of their tribe. Even though we weren't cobalt, even though we we were brand new to the island, like there's so many different things that we were able to do to change them. And the. That is the only reason they are still alive right now. It's because of our intervention. Uh, Octavia holds up a hand to you and looks to books, and books just nods. And uh, Octavia says, um, 
this conversation has done much to reassure me that if there is a way out of this, it lies with the four of you. It seems they were quicker about things than I anticipated. If you are allowed to retain your freedom, it is upon you to make the decision. You can flee and continue your mission, or you can assist us here. It is on you, and I trust that you will make the correct decision. And as she finishes that sentence, the doors burst open into this chamber, and a group of individuals of all races sort of march in, uh, and uh, they go behind and stand behind each of your chairs, and there are a few extra that stay by the door. And in a very creepy unison, everyone that has burst into the room places their hands on the backs of your chairs and says, Leaders of the group that refer to themselves as the Enclave, you are hereby placed under arrest for endangering all of society. Outsiders, you are hereby served a writ of banishment. Execution of these punishments shall be enforced in ten days' time. For now, the incarcerated will be taken into custody. And, uh... Octavia and Books and Ox all stand up from their chairs without being told to, uh, nod to the four of you, and are escorted out of the room. Uh, Talanis is as well. And the four of you are left there uh, with the people behind your chairs and the two uh, standing at the door. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Ma. Where are we banished from? <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to listen next week to find out, uh, well, where they're banished from and what they do about it. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at at dndlastrefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, last refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon, see some awesome fan art, find out what cons will be attending, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you can see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign, and of course, all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me, I have... Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to have two bloopers? There's so many bloopers. There's so many bloopers. (laughs) Oh my god. Tilt the head.